All right, Snack Attack crew, assemble. Feeling that mid-afternoon slump? Need a protein boost that doesn't involve boring protein bars? Well, let me introduce y'all to my new favorite obsession, wonderful pistachios. Y'all, these little green guys aren't just your average nut. They're protein powerhouses, packing a whopping six grams per ounce. That's over 10% of your daily value. And here's a confession. I used to be a cracker. You know, the kind of girl who enjoys the satisfying pop of opening each one. But let's be honest, sometimes convenience is king. And that's where their no-shell options comes in perfect for on-the-go snacking. Plus, they come in flavors like chili roasted and sea salt and vinegar. So there's something for everyone, even the picky gals. But here's the kicker. Wonderful pistachios are a complete protein, meaning they have all nine essential amino acids your body needs. So next time you're feeling sluggish, ditch the sugary treats and grab a handful of these green gems. I promise y'all they will keep you fueled and feeling your best, whether you're conquering carpool duties or crushing deadlines. And seriously, these are my go-to snack. I keep a bag in my purse. I keep one at the office. I even stash a few on the side of my bed for those late night cravings. This year, I want you to treat yourself to something delicious and good for you. So head over to wonderfulpistachios.com and explore their amazing flavors and sizes. Trust me, your taste buds and your body will thank you. Welcome to the Black Girl Bravado Podcast, your weekly fix for all things mental health and wellness. I'm Brittany. And I'm Germany. And not only are we besties, but we're your besties. You heard me right. It's homegirl vibes here. Get ready for the girls to dish the real, the raw, and the fucking funny. And listen, we may drag you, but it's always in love. Let's start the show, cuties. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back, my baby. Yeah. I really love doing that lift. Why? I don't know. It's just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> why do you love doing that it's just part of my other my the other part of my personality i'm like oh my god you're so sexy it's just you know i do it all the time she really does yeah welcome back my babies welcome back uh-huh. it's new week new tea where we kiki with you and you kiki with we so it's good y'all feeling a new intro or no <laughs> it's short sweet succinct to the point you know yeah. saying what we do here and then getting right into what we do it's pithy it's pithy. The, the girls, girls had to pithy. shorten it. We were a little long-winded. A little long-winded, you Just know. Just a little bit, but yeah. you know. We're here. We're here. Hopefully y'all are enjoying it and y'all aren't dying a slow death. We are here. We switched it up. On you hoes. Yes. So anywho. So how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? How you doing? How you doing? I'm okay. Um. What's the vibe? I was on the sick and shut-in list. Mm-hmm. Really. Over the weekend. Yeah um so recovering okay in recovery mode in recovery you can't mode. keep a bad bitch down you she's gonna be keep out a bad bitch down i was down but then i rose <laughs> yeah like a phoenix what's that song I rise. which one amazing grace amazing um, i was i was grace. was lost but, but now i found, found. you singing it like you don't know it nigga. was blind <laughs> But now I see, <laughs> Bick. I was blind, but now I see. She's had her LASIK. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're um on the road to recovery. You're on the opposite end of that thing. On the opposite. You're on the other side. On the other side. 
Well, yeah. I, on the other hand, was not on the sick and shut in okay, list. Okay, how was your weekend? Was outside. Um, in a I'm real outside way. Outside and AMG. Right outside. TT. Two turn, baby girl, you know me. Period. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was good. I was out with my boo boo. He was working. I was there too. Mm-hmm. He said it was nice to have you there. I said, yeah, take me along. <laughs> good luck, charm. What jacket is say? I got so much love for you in these arms. Don't you know that you're my good luck charm? Period. I said, baby, you know. A little bit of arm candy. Exactly. I said, you see A what piece. you need. <laughs> what did Jacque say? Be my piece. People love for you to be their piece. P-E-A-C-E and a P-I-E-C-E. Uh, period. And I am a P-I-E-C-E. I before E except after E. Yeah, so P-I. It's P-I-E. Yeah, I after E except after C. Period. Period. So, yeah, uh, we had a good time. Very funny. Seeing my stands. Seeing Nicole there. I'm like, who like, the fuck? I know I never refer to anybody <laughs> as stands if you know me. I don't even be knowing yeah. y'all my stands. Girl. Like, hey, stands. I'm like, like, that's them. That? I'm like, what She's like, now from? who was that? I'm like, who is it? Yeah, I never know. I'm terrible. You know? Not what beach they <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? I'm terrible with Greek life. But at any rate. Um, well, these ones you know. These ones I know because they're my line sisters. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I see Nicole and she's like, da, 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 is here. I said, oh, bitch, I'm out. I said, I'm headed actually out. It was my ex, y'all. So yeah, nigga. Yeah, I don't know why you want to run into that. Period. I was like, uh, not with my Nunu. I'm not trying to. Uh, this is my home. <laughs> what would you have done? I would have been like, hey, how are you? That would have been it. I, I don't know. Oh, it's good to see you. And I would have been out of there. No extended combo. Hell no. It's giving respect. It's yeah. giving respect. Because then I would have had to do the whole intro thing. Like, Andres, this is da-da-da-da-da. This is Andres. I don't want to do it. Hell no. Nah. I'd have been like, hey, it's good to see you. That would have been it. And honestly, it ain't, nigga. Peace. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's not that good. I just happened to run into you. <laughs> exactly. So um, I'm glad I got out of there in a hurry, in a skirt. It wasn't meant. Thank God. It wasn't meant because it could have happened. I'm glad it didn't. So, but I, although I was looking cute as fuck. Now I love. Now I love to look cute as fuck. Yeah, of course. I, I that would have been the only. I love to look cute as. fuck. It would have been better if I would have been looking cute as fuck and ran into him on my own. But yeah, I'm not but gonna, on your own. Yeah, yeah. If you're on your own, it's like see me. Yeah, see me. But you don't want to run into him with a situation because it, then it's like now I gotta entertain. It's, it's not that deep. But right. if it's you, if you're on your own, it is different. Why did it in this, this way? way? That's what they'll be saying. Why, Why did it in this way? Yeah. Period. <laughs> Bye. But yeah. So um, we was out of there. Went to um, see Dave Chappelle. That Were was you at de- the one where he got? Where? No. No, I was on a nice. Nah, I was on a nice, nice episode, nice week, whatever show. Um, But that was a treat. They did. They beat his ass. That was a nice treat. I feel like a great, a great partner, gifting that. Oh, you gifted. He likes Dave Chappelle. Yeah, I bought him one of the tickets. Went on sale like a couple months back. I'm like, I got us some tickets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was cool. And then on Sunday, y'all, I went ring shopping. That was on my close friend story, so nobody's seen it. Nobody but now it's it. on the main friends. Now it's on the main friends. Um, yeah, so I went ring shopping. So how was that experience? That was really great. I felt really cute and special. Were you cheesing like a Chester cat? <laughs> a slight Chester. 
a slight chest of sore. When it hit your finger? Girl, when it hit my finger, I did not want to take it off. I told you that I she know. told me I could leave it on during the appointment. Did. She did. Get she comfortable really with did. it. She did. That's did it what feel she... heavy? Bitch, I've never had anything but costume <laughs> on my finger. I've it never fe- had anything but costume jewelry. It felt like it belonged there. I said, this shit, it feels like magnetic. It feels like I got... <laughs> not magnetic it feels like it's been here for four thousand years that's something germany was like yeah spring feels familiar yes exactly (laughs) it feels like home (laughs) but it was good i felt i felt supported i told andres that because i was trying to respect his wishes that he wants to just do a complete surprise proposal Mm -hmm. and i'm cool with that but i also want to love the ring like truth be told i'm gonna be the person wearing it for an extent at least five years you know, before yeah, an upgrade right, occurs. Right, right, So I want to love it. You don't just upgrade those every day. No, it would get at least five to ten years. So I just want to love it. So, um, but I did feel very supported. We met like it was a happy medium. I really wanted to figure out if I was going to like whatever he got. Mm-hmm. And he really wants to do the surprise thing. But because, you know, partnership. Right. He was like, I'll go. Um, so that made me feel good. And I told him, I'm like, I feel really supported. Thank you. Because I would have went by myself and just been him like confirmed. Style was confirmed. You can move forward, whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it. Right. But it was good because I feel like it made it more realistic for him and like more logical or like more practical, rather more practical. The process, the diamond expert was very knowledgeable and super helpful. And I ended up liking something different, similar, but different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, f- I felt really good about it. And I said, Lord, bring it to me now. Now I'm manifesting it. Yeah, I was about to say you're manifesting I am. This was your first time doing You this. know this is my first time. But she just wants y'all to know. Right, they didn't know. This my- Have you ever dreamed of effortlessly conversing in another language? Whether it's for that upcoming international trip, connecting with family and friends, diving deep into a new culture, or simply adding a new skill to your repertoire, learning a new language opens up a world of opportunities. But let's face it, traditional methods like textbooks and classroom learning can be a drag. That's where Rosetta Stone comes in. As the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years, Rosetta Stone offers a revolutionary approach that truly immerses you in the language you want to learn without relying on CDs or DVDs. Picture this, you're effortlessly conversing in Spanish on the streets of Barcelona, ordering tapas like a local, or discussing the latest French designers with Parisians. So sexy, right? With Rosetta Stone's intuitive process, you'll learn naturally starting with words, then phrases, then full sentences. And with over 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish, The possibilities are endless. Rosetta Stone's speech recognition technology, including the true accent feature, acts like a personal trainer for your accent, providing instant feedback on your pronunciation. Plus, with both desktop and app options available, along with offline lesson downloads and an audio companion, learning for the babe on the go has never been easier. And here's the best part. For a limited time, Rosetta Stone is offering a lifetime membership for 50% off, y'all. 
That's right, lifetime access to all 25 language courses for half the price. Don't miss out on this amazing deal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, BGB listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com backslash today. Hey, Bookies, we got something special for you. Are you ready to dive into a celebration of blackness that's as diverse as the experience it represents? Well, NPR has got you covered with Black Stories, Black Truths. This is a groundbreaking collection that's more than just a podcast. It's Revelation. What does black representation in media mean to you? Because to me... It's about breaking down stereotypes, challenging biases, and also showcasing the rich tapestry of black experiences. For sure. Absolutely. And Black Stories, Black Truths is the epitome of this celebration. Each episode is a living account of what it truly means to be black today. And it's told from a unique black perspective. And I feel like these aren't just stories like they're narratives of joy, resilience, empowerment, and also the incredible ability to create world-shifting things out of the struggle. Seriously, you'll hear about everything from pop culture icons like Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama, to discussions on vital topics like reparations, y'all. There's really no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Have you tuned in yet? One of my favorite episodes is the one on how real self-care takes real systemic change. That's a must-listen. Yeah, I really think the hosts bring a tone that's celebratory. It's also informative and reflective, which I really can appreciate. Every episode is a journey. It offers a range of emotions and perspectives that keeps you hooked from start to finish. As soon as I turn it on, I'm like, "Mm." and let's not forget black perspectives haven't always been at the forefront of America's story. But now they are the story. Period. So this is not just a podcast, y'all. It's a collection of some of NPR's best episodes showcasing the brilliance and resilience of the black experience. And we know NPR is known for its commitment to diverse storytelling. But with them presenting black stories, black truths, I would say that this is NPR with the noir twist. (laughs) So what are you waiting for? Turn on NPR today and immerse yourself in a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and black as the incredible country we reflect. And remember, stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, available wherever you get your podcast. Ladies, let's talk real talk here. You probably have days when the PMS has you feeling like you could eat anything in sight. My goodness, the cravings and the general discomfort. Well, say goodbye to those days with Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth. Let's dive into why Hormone Harmony is not just another supplement, but a true game changer. First off, it's not just a trend. It's a phenomenon. Social media is buzzing with women singing praises about Hormone Harmony. In fact, a bottle flies off the shelves every 24 seconds. Can y'all believe that? Now let's talk about Happy Mammoth. The brilliant minds behind this wonderful product. They're all about making your life easier and that means no compromises on quality. They've meticulously crafted Hormone Harmony using only science-backed ingredients proven to work wonders for women like us. But here's my favorite part. 
Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, nature's little miracle workers. These herbal extracts help your body adapt to life stressors, especially those pesky hormonal changes that can throw us off balance. And here's the kicker. Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. It's your secret weapon against those hormonal imbalances that can wreak havoc on your life. From hot flashes and night sweats to racing thoughts and low moods, Hormone Harmony has got your back. And yes, it even tackles the occasional bloat and that not tonight boo feeling. (laughs) The real benefit here, the real win, feeling like yourself again. That's why countless women are raving about it in over 17,000 glowing reviews. We love a verified product, honey. Now here's your chance to experience the magic firsthand. For a limited time, you can get a fabulous 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BRAVADO at checkout. So what are you waiting for, homegirl? Say hello to balanced hormones and goodbye to those days of feeling like a roller coaster. Your journey to hormone harmony starts now. Our first time ever doing this. She was like, come on, sit down. Let you. She Then it was the place that we went has a showroom. So they don't have diamonds where you can just buy it. You just get to see and then you have to make to, like purchase to order. Oh, okay. So she was like, um, they had all the rings on the wall. She's like, pick out a few things that you like feel drawn to. And then when your partner comes in, he can pick some shit out too. I was like, she didn't say shit, but she was like, pick some things out too. And I was like, oh my God. So I was like, I was like sitting down and I'm like, babe, is there anything that you want to pick out? Luckily, he was like, yeah, I want to see this on her. It was really cute. Oh, that's nice. I know. We love an engaged person. Don't look like I dragged your ass here. Right. He was like, you're here against your will. Be a participant. Yes. He was like, can we see that, that, that? He was like, yeah, I really like that on you. That looks so good. I'm like, it does, huh? Buy it. Make me happy. Right. Buy it. You like it, buy it. Yeah, so when it was time to leave, she was like, I'm going to email you all um, all the information, everything that we talked about today, pricing, just exact, you know, right deets. And um, he was like, can you actually just send it to me? She's kind of out after this. So I'm like, well, do what you got to do then. Period. Because you know she wants that on her finger. And then I told if him, I said, it's going to be an afterpay, a full pay, right. whatever. Right, I'm like, what, you got a carnet? Right. But I did tell him, I said, the next day, I said, babe, I shouldn't even have went and seen that little ring because now I just want it on my finger so bad. He said, you want to be a wife? I said, it's not even that I want him to hurry up and propose to me. I want that ring on my finger. But not, you get what I'm saying? You know? What do you mean? Okay, you know how you like. Um, because if it's more than a ring. No, but it was just the ring was so beautiful. Probably what the ring means. <laughs> the symbolism, the symbolism. Is it giving Shut symbolism? You know how you see something Okay, the at a symbolism store? is like the symbolism it's of commitment. the ring is I'm bagged and I'm tagged. Tagged, honey. It's giving commitment. I'm bagged and I'm tagged. I'm somebody. <laughs> That's what it's giving. I'm somebody. In a real way, it's giving wifey. It's giving, will you be, be my wifey? wifey? Period. Yes, I'll be your wifey. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it's giving. It was like, honestly, Brittany, I said, I. Put it on me. I really want to know how something. My finger would probably be in shock. No, you'll, you'll be feeling like, wow. Ugh, yes. I hate the way my fingers look, though. Really? I love mine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan of them. I feel like you, your finger, girl. I was surprised how my, you would probably have what size a four. What <laughs> Seven. Oh, wow. Big body bitch. <laughs> yeah, <you're right. laughs> I would probably be a two. Yeah, you probably have like a four or five. Yeah. Four. I'm seven. You know I got a big hand. Big hands, big ass. Okay, well it's coming. It's oh my god, it's coming. I can't. I, I hope it. he he pencils me in the planning. I'm hoping shit. I'm hoping. 
You heard it here first. Main platform. Patreon will hear when the proposal hits. The main platform. We're here with that as well. Yeah. <laughs> it happened, you guys. She's Not a wife. Not a secret. I said yes. Yeah. He proposed to, to me. me. That's the type of shit I'll have planned. He proposed with, with a diamond ring. And I, I started crying. crying. <laughs> he put it on my finger and I said yes. Yes. I'm have that shit playing in the back. Andreas proposed to me. <laughs> I'm so pumped. I'm like, oh please, my Lord. God. But I know it'll happen between now and March. Okay. But I'm hoping it's more closer to December. You know, I'm trying to be married by December. I you didn't are? tell you that? No. Oh, shit. This bitch. I thought you said Q1 of 2023. Engagement can come, but yeah. If Oh, wait. You want to be actually engagement and married? Or engagement. You said, isn't it bagged and tagged is what you said? Yes. Okay, that's the step. Yes. No, no. Stepping stone. Okay, ideally, yes. Ideally, it would be so perfect to just be like, let's just do this shit. Let's just get it on the road. So you would, if he puts the ring on your finger, you would be down and just go to the courthouse? And no, I don't want it to give courthouse. I didn't oh, ever well. say that. Not, no, 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 no shade around um, against a courthouse wedding. Right. But, no, of course um, not. I, I just didn't know if that's what you wanted to do if you went to expedite it. I do want to expedite it and I want to do a small ceremony with like 25 to 30 people, close friends and families only. And then um, a nice big ass party the next day. Reception okay. vibes. Okay. I want to take all my people, my my close friends and family to dinner. That will be on us. Okay. Um. Yeah. And then the next day, you already know we party into the break of dawn. It has to give nine to two. Wow. So hours. I'm not gonna be able to be a, in a, a dress, a, a bridesmaid. <laughs> what the fuck? You take strip away all the duties. I'm never gonna be in shit else. Fucking with you. I won't get a a box. Will you be my bridesmaid? You're so ridiculous. You know what you do have coming though. So stop playing. What? The Godmom? Yes. In a box. <laughs> I, know I want it presented in a box. I love when they say, I didn't even have Dash. You already knew I was going to ask, would you be my bridesmaid? Duh. Okay, and then everybody's like, duh. Okay, fine. Would you want to pay to get a little dress just for that? I wouldn't care. Yes, I've paid before. <laughs> oh my. And I barely had coins, but I got into that dress and them okay, shoes. Okay, maybe it'll be something small, just like one or two people on my side hold me down. And somebody who could basically gang game with me if this nigga ever get the trip and we running up. That's really what it is. You know, we're going to beat your ass if you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> jumpy. But, yeah, so it was a good little vibe. I'll keep y'all posted if I get a ring. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll stay. We're keep staying me lifted in prayer. We're stay tuned. You're lifted. You're Thank covered. You. Thank you. All my sisters listening. You're lifted and you're covered and Thank it's you. coming. Thank you. What else we need you guys to lift and cover are these ratings and fucking Yeah. Reviews? Can you guys propose to us? This is how you propose <laughs> to us. You propose to us in the form of a rating and a review. Give Duh, us our rings on. and our flowers. Yeah, give, us, give them to us. The girlies did come through okay. on Apple Podcasts. I'll give it to them. They came through. The ratings and the reviews, they're very important. We do love to be showered with yes. your kind words, but they also help the show. They do. So you can do it on Apple Podcasts. You can do it on Spotify. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get on over there and run it up on Spotify. While you're running it up on Spotify, I'm going to read the review of the week. This comes from Kaylin. She says, hey, girlies, I wanted to catch up on the recent episodes before I left my review. So here I am. <laughs> Let me tell you, I've been a bit behind because it's been a few weeks to prepare for finals. We get it, girl. We've been there. and We've done that. Anyways, I started listening to the BGB podcast in January when I wanted to find ways to help myself grow as a woman in person in general. Just improve my self-care awareness and overall self. 
I've been listening ever since and you guys have been helping me do just that. I always love the vibe and the information. Mind you, I just turned 18 last month, so I'm just starting my womanhood journey for real. It's like you are my actual homegirls, and it's always been difficult to have genuine friendships with, with females, so I definitely love this. I thank you both very kindly for providing such a great space. Thank you for a beautiful... Thank you, Kaylin. That was beautiful. Well, Richie. And to be 18 and be here... Yeah, you're ahead of the curve, baby. I remember being 18. And lost. Wow. If I was I was space. lost if I was doing the most and not enough at the same damn time. Yeah. Imagine that. It was giving the most with the least. Period. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you for leaving your rating and review. We really appreciate it. Y'all can also join us over on Patreon. It's our exclusive membership community and platform where we give you more of what you love here. There's bonus episodes, extra goodies, um, affirmations, playlists, um, just tons of content over there waiting for you. So, Brittany, would you like to shout out our patrons? I will. We have a couple. Go a few. It. Get into it. Almost a handful. We have Santara. Hey, Santara. Jasmine. Hey, Jasmine. Ayana. Ayana. Or Ayana. Ayana. And Brianna. Hey, Brianna. Thank you all so, 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 so much from the bottom of our black hearts. The Twinsianas. Yes. The we black heart. Well, we're black. The parts are red. Yeah, beating. Beating. Alive and well. But they're inside of black women. So Period. Period. Um. So last week, y'all, we kicked off Mental Health Awareness Month with a new series, Are You Good, Sis? And we chatted with our good homegirl, Yasmin Cheyenne, all about boundaries, how, when to implement them. Um, mm -hmm. She really enlightened us on her concept of the sugar jar, which was just amazing. Just helping us reinforce our perception of what boundaries are and how to get better with, you know, strengthening the boundaries that we have with the people in our lives. Because she did. They, they teach us how to, they treat, teach people. You know what I'm saying. How to treat you. How to treat us. Yeah. So if you haven't already, tap into that episode. Lots of gems dropped there. A goodie for sure. It was. I thoroughly enjoyed that episode. The girls gave great feedback and said that they enjoyed it as well. Mm -hmm. So we are continuing that series this week with an episode that um is important. Coming off the heels of Mother's Day. Yes. Happy belated Mother's Day to all the mothers. Yes. Um, But not all of us have great mother-daughter relationships. Sometimes the mother-daughter bond can be sticky. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have this guest with us today because our favorite guest one of our favorites <laughs> because this relationship is one of our formative relationships it can be very detrimental or beneficial to our mental health right so we want to address it call mm -hmm. a spade a spade and call it what the fuck it is mm -hmm. so sheena did just that i'm not going to say anymore i'm going to let her do the rest of the talking and i'll jump in when i need to jump in yeah. okay so let's just let her take the well we'll see you on the other side Okay, y'all, so we are in our Mental Health Awareness Month bazag mm -hmm. bag, and we have one of our favorite guests back, back at it again with us to chat about a very important topic when it comes to mental health. But before we get into that, let me just reintroduce our queen. We have Sheena Lachey. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard of her. She's a former therapist, now life coach and creator of Black Girls Heal. And Black Girls Heal is all the rage. Sheena created Black Girls Heal 
to help black women be able to heal the impact of childhood relational trauma in their adult lives and make way to unlearn and relearn how to be open, vulnerable, and connected and to be healthy and available to others. So, Sheena, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you. What a great intro. Yes, yes. girl. That was only the best for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna say it. Sheena, you know, I have to go on record and let our, our girls know that the episode that we did with you uh, about a year ago, episode 185, is probably like one of my top five episodes. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I feel like I was very emotional and moved and I don't really get to be as vulnerable um, the way that I was in that episode in a lot of the shows that we do, the episodes that we do. So um, I'm just gonna say it was my, my favorite, most fave. And if you are just popping in, and you haven't listened to episode 185, you need to get your ass back there and listen because it was so good. Yeah, we talked about um, love addiction, love addiction, um, intimacy disorders, yeah. all type of intimacy disorders. Yes, yes. So it was a goodie and one of the girls' favorites as well. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you for trusting me enough to go there. So yeah. I appreciate you for that. And, you know, I also this is another thing <laughs> and another thing, <laughs> another thing while I have you here. I feel like I, I the few times that I've tried to start therapy, I feel like I always compare it to Sheena's style. Mm. And I'm looking and yearning for a therapist similar um, that kind of holds space the way Sheena did in that episode. And I'm just going to say I've been let down. Mm. Fuck the other girls. <laughs> Maybe Seriously. you need a life coach approach. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. It's a little it, different. The therapy was just not a vibe for me. I'm like, I don't know if it's you. I don't know if it's because you're not Sheena. Oh, my God. <laughs> now she's a standard, the golden standard. <laughs> it's, it's hard to find the right thing. I'm going to take the compliment, but I also want to validate that it is just hard to find someone who who gels with you. Yeah. Uh, so it's a journey. Journey. Damn, I'm still trucking. Yeah. I will say I just started a new therapist with a new therapist and- we're still in the beginning. We've only had two sessions, but so far I like her because she's been giving me like homework and stuff to read. And mm -hmm. when we come back, we actually dive in yeah. and she has a sister girl auntie approach. Oh, good. I'm like, yes, maybe, maybe I found a home. Maybe <laughs> we'll see. Um, Y'all should know by now that we love progression over here. Let's chat about what everyday progress truly means to us. Whether it's hitting those small milestones or treating ourselves to a little something something after a month of disciplined budgeting, progress is all about balance and staying motivated. And speaking of budgeting and reaching financial goals while still enjoying life's little pleasures, have you heard about Chime? Chime's checking account offers some amazing features that can help you along your financial journey. Let me tell you about one feature that really stands out to me. Chime's Spot Me. We've all been there, right? Dealing with overdraft fees can really throw a wrench in your financial plans. But with Chime, you can overdraft up to $200 with no fees. You heard me right, no fees. It's like having a safety net for those unexpected moments. Y'all, I had a friend who was always getting hit with hefty overdraft fees. It was a mess trying to sort it out. How do you really get ahead with that? But with Chime, you can avoid those headaches and get back on track with ease. Plus, Chime isn't just a bank. It's a community. With Boost, you can increase your spot me limit by receiving boosts from your friends. It's like having your financial back covered by your squad. So, 
If you're ready to take control of your finances and wave goodbye to those pesky monthly fees, open your Chime account today. Just head over to Chime.com slash bravado. That's Chime.com slash bravado. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bankcourt Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Boosts are available to eligible Chime members enrolled in SpotMe and are subject to monthly limits. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. But today, Sheena, we want you we wanted you back because um we're talking about mental health this month and a lot that has to go into mental health is our relationships, like the relationships that we have, they greatly affect our mental health and our primary relationships often lay the foundation for all of our other relationships. And the girls, we talked about it um, a little bit the last time we chatted with you about our daddy issues and father wounds. We'll call them, we'll call yeah. them father wounds. And I feel like it's so easy to attribute um, or recognize father wounds, right? Like, yeah, my father wasn't around or he wasn't showing up how I needed him to show up. But... One of the unspoken wounds that really greatly affects the girls is the mother wound. Mm -hmm. The mothers. We try to hold them to such a high regard, but sometimes we got to keep it real. So can you let us know what a mother wound is? Yeah, so it is pain that still lasts from a broken experience with your mother. And so... It can be a moment in time. It can be an ongoing set of events that happen with between you and your mom. So I think of not only things like physical abuse or even sexual abuse, because we don't talk enough about how, um, you know, women can be perpetrators. But mm. for the most part, what I see in my in my work with women is the impact of emotional neglect. And so not having someone to care for you, to praise you, to adore you, to celebrate you. And if you do have it, that is only conditional. So it's when you make her happy, when you make her proud, when you do something that she deems uh, celebratory. And also emotional neglect can look like her not paying attention or honoring your thoughts and feelings. So mm -hmm. what she says goes, what her beliefs are, uh, reign supreme and really trying to minimize you and put you down and any and all those things can create mother wounds and a lot of other things that I'm sure we're going to get into today. Wow. You know, it's, 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 I guess the way I would like to think of a mother wound is like someone who's gone. Right. I feel like that's a lot of times the way we considered if you ain't tapped in and you don't know what the fuck going on, like we about to do here today, but it's like, okay, the absence of the mom, but even the, like you mentioned the emotional piece, sometimes moms are present and are, busy and they're just not there emotionally to validate us that sometimes even stings more I feel like okay girl if you was gone go but now you're here now you're here and you're not doing what, what a mom should do you're not nurturing me the way a mother should so I just know that you know for the girls going through this probably is really resonating and it's going to be very valuable I think yeah. that's what makes it um I think that's what makes it really hit because our mothers are like the first relationship, right? And most of them are, pre a lot of them are present in our lives. Mm -hmm. But um, what was my damn thought? 
the emotional piece that they no not the emotional piece I was gonna say that because like we see our mothers do so much for us I think it's harder for a lot of us to recognize the areas where they feel short that might yeah. really affect us because we don't want to negate all that they've done for us yeah so it's like we hold them to such a high regard they work so hard that we kind of gloss over our own trauma and needs exactly and lack thereof right yeah because you want to protect them and I mean y'all hit on really important points I mean you love your mom or maybe not everybody but for the most part even when there is trauma there's a desire to want to be protective of her and you know give her the benefit of the doubt and that's what that's what really holds a lot of us back from processing our trauma because we feel like it's a betrayal if Mm -hmm. I'm actually honest with what I needed and that it didn't feel good even though I understand that you were doing the best that you can if I'm honest about that, that means that I never respected you. I never appreciated you and all these things that go along with it. And a lot of times our moms may feel that exact way and they may have even communicated it to us or we may have just caught the vibes. And so it really makes us feel stuck. And, you know, just quickly to the um, other point that y'all were saying, you know, there are so many ways that we can be abandoned and physically it's not the only way mm-hmm. and we can be abandoned spiritually we can be abandoned emotionally mentally um so it is important to to validate that and to acknowledge that yes and that's the key you got to recognize the ways i know and you know speaking of ways it would be really helpful if maybe you can let us know what some signs of a mother wound are what does that kind of look like how does it manifest in our lives because i feel like um and you can help me understand this a little more. How deep does a mother wound go? Can it be a surface <laughs> scab? You know, like, my, okay, you wasn't showing up for me. It's like, okay, do we have a normal mother-daughter relationship where there's some woes? Um, you know, the ebbs and flows. Or it's like, it's giving real deep mother wound. You mm-hmm. know, are we yeah. on a spectrum with so the mother wound? We want to know, like, how it shows up. What are some, some ways we can identify if maybe we have a mother wound? Yeah, like some signs and like, yeah, some effects. signs of effects of the mother wound. Yeah. The girls yeah. have veils on. Right. I'm like, let me see what I got to talk to my mama about. <laughs> Do I need to call her up? Let's lift it up. Mother's Day. You're not getting it. If you're getting a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Band-aids off, girl. Wound exposed. Maybe you don't have these deep conversations with your mama on Mother's Day. That might not be uh, the right time. To Day after that. then. But um, may not be as open. <laughs> uh, but as far as is there a spectrum... Yeah. Um, you know, because to to what y'all are saying, you know, some of us have, you know, women will say, and sometimes I, I get a little bit jealous, but they will say, me and my mom are best friends and we've always been best friends. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand how, um, you know, I, I can't fathom not being able to talk to my mom about everything. And that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But even in those relationships, there's still disagreements. There's still fights. There's still disrespect that happens but they have the skills and the health and the boundaries to repair that right Mm -hmm. um and and move forward and then so that's on that side but then on the other spectrum the deeper wounds that we're talking about um you know you're right it is our first relationship it's our template and we even start to get information about who we are and our value from when she's in the womb So we can feel, we can feel whether or not we're wanted. We can feel whether or not mom has stress and anxiety. We can feel all that stuff. I mean, it's been proven just somatically, you know, just the nervous system that we're born in, we can feel that. And so we have that even 
before we come into the world. And then we have our experience here. And so we can feel deep wounds of feeling like we don't belong, feeling like we're a burden. We can uh, feel as if we don't deserve to be loved and protected unless we're perfect. A lot of perfectionism comes from feeling like you have to meet the standards of your mother. So I talked earlier about um, the impact of emotional neglect. And that can also look like a mom who's very critical and overbearing and authoritarian and um, insulting. Mm-hmm. And before I go further, a lot of our, our mothers, for the most part, are repeating what they saw themselves. Mm-hmm. And they're just trying their best. And they are trying their best as trauma victims themselves. Mm-hmm. And they repeat what they were told and they repeat what they were given and, you know, in my experience, my mom even told me, she said, you could, you think I'm being mean now. You would never know. You would never last in what I grew up in. And I believe her. <laughs> I believe her from the different stories and things that I saw mm-hmm. um, and heard and the ways that she was treated and, and growing up. Um, but to continue answering the question, I mean, you can feel really lost and have a lot of despair and guilt and just pragmatically when we have mother wounds, especially when it comes from a lot of deep distrust, it can be really hard to build female friendships and female relationships because, you know, she's our first relationship. And so we feel inherently that we can't trust women or if I let someone in, she's going to hurt me or that there's jealousy and competition and between you and your mom and all that stuff. I mean, you're going to feel that and notice it and look for it in other places too. Mm. You see, you see how this works, right? <laughs> Giving building block. That's why it's really a should be, and it's not it always is, but it really should be a conscious decision when you're deciding to bring children into this world because the fact that the child is affected before they even come earthside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, God damn. Yeah. I gotta be yeah. thinking clean, eating clean, mm-hmm. all the things to mm-hmm. make sure this child has the best chance possible. But when it comes to the mother wounds, um, I've ne- I am one of the girls who considers my mom her best friend. I mean, I feel like she creates a safe space for me to talk to her about anything. She's not judgmental. Um, she gives good advice. She was a great provider. But I mean, if I put a magnifying lens on it, I can identify some ways where her wounds spilled over to me. Like she's a very big worrier, and. <clears throat> That's one thing where I kind of like carried from her but that was passed on because I would be worrying about things obsessively. And I'm like, I don't like this. Why am I? Why? But it was because she was projecting it onto me like, oh, my God, don't do this. Don't do that. Make sure you do like, God damn. So that's one thing that like created um, a pattern in me. And also like she would be very impatient. I consider myself to be patient, but I just remember that was something that kind of made me anxious as a child. Like, mm-hmm. my mom doesn't have any patience. If I'm not outside at a certain time where where she tells me to be, I'm going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. If I don't do have the dishes cleaned, I'm going to get in trouble, creating, like, anxiety and, like, sort of a high-stress type vibe. Yeah. So I feel like that came from her mother and also just the circumstances, being a single mother, having to make sure everything was taken care of and make, you know, and wanting me to be responsible and do my part to help contribute. And it's like, woo. Yeah. 
a lot going on in this house, you know? Yeah, and so. a lot of pressure for you as a little girl to, exactly. to keep it all straight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I know my, I know, you know, I'll be battling with my <laughs> mama. Love her to death. And, and Sheena, you know, you made a point earlier that sometimes we just love our mom so much and to say anything negative, it makes me feel guilty, right? Like yeah. I am somehow dishonoring my mom by just being honest about the ways that she makes me feel. And I don't want to negate everything that she's done because she really is phenomenal, right? I could say that she is a spectacular, tenacious woman who's done everything to give my sister and I everything that we ever needed, wanted, desired, the whole bit. But on the back end, you know, my mom grew up in poverty. My mom didn't have a stable, like, upbringing, My mom dealt with a lot of like just trauma, you know, and I feel like in her ability to provide and be such a great um, yeah, provider, sometimes the other areas were lacking and then it would just be like, but you have everything you want. You know, money is a big, big piece for my mom. Um, Provision is a big, big piece. Like, you know, we don't go without. But then on the other end is like we can't talk about all the ways that you might be making me feel bad emotionally. Like my mom is very can be very judgmental. Um, that's really the the biggest way that I feel like I experience um, a, wound. I, a wound, some sort of hurt contrast in our relationship is like, um, yeah, the judgment. Sometimes there's like a lack of boundaries and not really like understanding me as a maturing woman, like not just her child, but like an adult. Um, I feel like that's a piece. And yeah, I, I know that that her dynamic with her mother has definitely her own wounds have sprinkled over into our shit. And I'm like, girl, we got to we got to heal it because I can't take it. To, can't give it to the next generation. <laughs> I got the, the right. buck stops here. Yeah, but I try to learn, I try to be very cognizant of being too judgmental or critical of myself. That might be also why I'm so heavily critical of myself. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. You know, you, had, you you were under um, a magnifying glass. All the time. Right. And it, and I, sometimes I think it's subconscious for her. She just does it in a way that she's just critical. Right. She can be critical and very judgmental. And I feel like I live with that pressure. Mm. Live, currently live with it. And I have to, yeah, I'm, I'm always critical of myself. Like, uh, 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 uh. I'm like living on a fucking edge. Yeah, making sure you <laughs> can break every chain. Yeah. I know. You you said so many important things. Um, and I feel like I'm going to lose them, so I'm just going to throw them out. The rambler, sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're fine. Um, but the first thing, like, you said something so beautiful that's so true is that each generation is trying to get better than the one before. Mm-hmm. And your mom, you know, she never had the space, and you may know this, so I'm saying it more for, for everybody, but she never had the space to rest. She never had the space mm-hmm. to actually dream. She was in survival mode. Mm, girl, mm-hmm. that's so it. What she, what she wanted to give to you was the freedom to have access, to have choices, to finally be able to live the, your best life because that's what she always wanted. Wow. And so now she's given that to you. But the, the thing that she never got access to was the freedom to feel her emotions, the mm-hmm. freedom to cry, the freedom to have a bad day. You know, what I make up is if she had a bad day, there was a food that happened on the table, that there was something mm-hmm. dangerous happened in the neighborhood, that mm-hmm. she had to always be on guard. Yeah. And so now, at, in the place that she is now, it's like you're speaking speaking a foreign language. What you mean? Like, right, like right. I've given you everything plus. And... Um, it's, it's, I mean, we can see that because we're the next generation mm-hmm. and, um, 
I think I agree with you. It's hard to hold both of those two truths at the same time. And like, mama, I appreciate you and I love you, but I want to be closer to you. Mm -hmm. And I think what also makes it hard with the mother daughter relationship is that our moms, for them to come to that place, to be open to that vulnerability, they have to access the parts of themselves they had to close off to survive. So if I actually get closer to you and talk about my emotions, that means I got to feel all my emotions Mm -hmm. and I got to go to all those places. And I don't have time for that. I've dealt with it. I've made my coping mechanisms. I've created my life. I've moved on. Why, why do we need to go there? And they really just can't understand it because going there is dangerous for them. Mm -hmm. And, but for you, it feels like liberation. So I'll just stop there just to see if you have any thoughts about you always hit the nail on the damn head. <laughs> always. You have the right hammer and the right nail in your hand. Tools. It is. That is exactly it. You know, I feel like now it's about now. See, now it's a session. Right. <laughs> this is how you get your fix. <laughs> it's, it's a scam, Sheena. <laughs> now that we're here. <laughs> Just kidding. We can take off the fucking, um, the, what is that? The veil that this was actually a podcast recording. This was actually my therapy session. The costume. <laughs> no, no, but it is. Right, right. No, that is that is very true. You know, I feel like my mom, she is very emotional and she's admitted she's emotional, but she does not show her emotions. Mm. She does not want to deal. She doesn't even like to feel the emotion. She'll be like, you know, I don't. It's I probably see my every time I see my mom cry, my heart breaks because it's not common it's not mm. like i don't see my mom cry all the time right. i'd be like oh shit she's crying now we got to deal with the fact that she's hurting like yeah because she's just been so strong and has compartmentalized everything down to like it's just very utilitarian you know it's like okay what do we got to get done function only and if i gotta feel it then i'll feel it but boy it's hard to see so yeah you're you're right you know it's like when i bring situations to her and i'm like we gotta talk about this Sometimes she's sometimes she's not even willing to talk. She'll be like, girl, get uh-uh, you know, I didn't mean it like that. Get off my phone. We're not getting into it. And I'm like, um, right. OK, I say, OK, but we got to circle back here. Right. We're going to have to go through it and get to the bottom of it so that, yeah, we can be close and that this relationship can serve to be mutually beneficial for us, because I feel like that is the issue or not the issue, the, the beauty in us being the next generation who are more self-aware and self-evolved is like we recognize when something is not, hopefully we're recognizing when something is not working towards our, you know, for our highest good. And we can make a decision that does this serve me or does this not serve me? And then how will I move forward? And I feel like I'm sh- not that I'm strong enough, but I feel like I'm able to assess, is this really good? Mm-hmm. You know? And even if it came down to my mom, like, we got to either put boundaries on it where we're not going to talk about the things that you do to hurt me that, that, you know, that ultimately hurt me or, you know, we fix it and we can move forward. So I do feel like we have that benefit us being this generation, honey, because I bring it to her door. I'd be like, girl, hold on. We got to talk. <laughs> right. I bring it to your door, baby. Hot. So yes, you are always right. Sheena. <laughs> and that's the gift. I mean, I think that's the unexpected gift that, parents get when their children get to heal them Mm -hmm. and heal them by still loving them through their imperfections. So earlier when I was talking about, you know, babies being able to feel things in the womb, what I make up is that there's probably a lot of women who feel guilt, women who love their children, but they're like, damn, like I was going through when I was pregnant and Mm -hmm. like, just worried about communicating all this stuff to your children. But here's, here's the thing. As long as you are talking with them and you're, 
you're expressing your, th- your emotions and you're letting them know that they're loved or saying, I'm sorry, because you're going to mess it up. I mean, as long as you're staying connected to your child, that's what's actually going to make the difference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that you're there to affirm them, to affirm, affirm their value and that you love them no matter what. Um, it, there's always space and time. And so, you know, your mom being able to have these deeper conversations with you, I mean, she may not tell it to you today, but uh, these are the types of conversations she needed to have when she was a little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're teaching her by being open. So this is, is really great to now hear. I'm healing her inner child. Now I'm the mom mm-hmm. all Now you're the therapist. The grandmama the baby. <laughs> now, the grandmama the baby. now you're the therapist. But, but therapy, I think, has been very good for my mom because, like I said, um, she was like, she was very, could be impatient and have like a short fuse, but I've noticed substantial growth since she decided to start therapy. Like she just, Mm. um, listens better and she like has more perspective and insight on decisions that she's made, like things that have happened to her and how she communicates. And I'm like, wow, you made a great decision when you decided decided to sign up for therapy because I see the growth in you queen. Mm -hmm. I see the growth and that makes me so happy because sometimes we don't see that. Like, it's just like, this is just what it is, especially as black women. Like we've been, we've had this idea that our parents and they tell us this when we're younger, our mothers specifically, what I say goes, it is what it is. Like, this Mm -hmm. is how we operate in this household. And if you don't like it, you could go. And it's like, go where? I've been told where exactly am I going to go as a young child? (laughs) And that, Mm -hmm. and that's the vibe. And it's like, you carry that and I and I do remember being told that and if I think about it that created another wound of like me not being as expressive not feeling like I could express myself because it's like there's no room for me to express how I feel because you've already stated plain and clear who's running things what you say goes and that silenced me and when I became an adult it's like harder to express myself in certain situations because of that upbringing, that yeah. principle that was drilled yeah. into me. Like, what I say goes da-da-da-da-da. And she wasn't, of course, mindful of how that would affect me as an adult, but it really did. Yeah. So now I have to unlearn and that relearn. Great. That was great picking up on right there. That was a great work <laughs> you did. Revelation. <laughs> yes, revelation. Child. Revelations. Um, but, Sheena, okay, so on this show, we talk about friendship so much, and you briefly touched on mother wounds and friendships we value our friendship and just friendship in general and I will say that when I'm when I've had friends with some gals I wondered what the hell their foundation was because the way they show up as a friend just blows my mind and so can you go a little deeper into how like a mother wound can affect female friendships because we're all about being better friends and so any any help that we can get in this area would be greatly yeah. beneficial. Yeah, so I will talk about modeling first and then try to weave in mother wounds. Mm-hmm. So we learn how to relate to people from our environment. And so in our households, in our family systems, we watch how our mothers interact with us and we watch how our mothers interact with our aunts or our cousins or our grannies or play cousins or whoever's around. And we notice either subconsciously or very much consciously who gets along with who, who keeps secrets, who's jealous of who, who's kind to who, who supports who. 
And so you learn kind of the rules of social engagement by watching other people. So if you grow up in a household or in a family system where the women don't get along or if it's conditional or if there's narcissism or if everyone's out for themselves or there's addiction, you learn how to navigate how you operate in the world based on that. And you take those same skills into your relationships with other people. So when I was saying earlier that there usually can be, or not usually, that there can be wounds or difficulty making female friendships, I was talking specifically about if we have a relationship with the mother that could be more emotionally abusive or intrusive, Hmm. because that's really hard for a child. It's really hard for a little girl to feel like she can't say anything, to feel like her opinion's not wanted, to not know when mama's going to get angry, to not know um, when she's going to step out of line and then get punished either physically or even emotionally or mentally, right? A lot of times, you know, y'all probably heard those type of quotes that are like physical wounds heal, but the emotional ones are the ones that stick with you. And those are the ones that are harder to unlearn. So if I learn that to be close to women means that I never know what's going to happen, they're going to use my words against me or that they're mean or catty, when I it's time for me to go and be around other women, it's going to be really hard for me to trust them, especially if there's that part of me. We've talked about templates before. You know, I teach about love addiction and everything. We can tend to gravitate towards people who feel comfortable to us, that feel familiar. Mm -hmm. And so if we're used to people who have a lot of drama Mm -hmm. and we may be attracted in a group in our, in our classroom, we may go and find the girl who's the life of the party, but she's a life of the party because she's acting out because she got a whole lot of drama at home. And then we bring all that into our friendship. And so that just kind of starts our patterns where we're just attracted to these relationships with lots of ups and downs until we start to normalize. No, the chill, like, I want chill relationships. Right. I want us just to hang out. I don't want to have to worry about what she's thinking and what she's feeling. And if I call her, is she mad at me that she's actually going to express it to me, you know, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I'll stop there. What are your, did that make sense? That makes a whole lot of sense. I've, I've picked up on some of that. And I've also noticed like um, how like some people's mother daughter relationships can be kind of, um, catty like amongst the both of them like Mm -hmm. maybe some jealousy with the mother and the daughter and then they kind of bring Mm -hmm. that energy over to their friendship circles you just really get to see a whole spectrum Mm -hmm. of mother-daughter relationships and how they can play out yeah 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 actually at the time we're recording this i just um recorded my mother's day episode that should be going out tomorrow and i'm talking to mother's of daughters because mm-hmm. I saw a TikTok a couple of weeks ago about uh, with a woman who was talking about how it was really hard, how she treats her son differently than her daughter. Mm-hmm. And she was very emotional about it. And she was like saying how she realized it because she watched women in her family system who were very jealous and catty and didn't get along and didn't trust each other, but they all catered to the men. Mm-hmm. And so she that that bled into how she was treating her children differently and that she's very patient with her son and very affectionate with him, but with her daughter that she wasn't. And she was like, this is totally my generational trauma that's being passed on. And so I decided to do an episode because I've heard more than once women that it's hard for that we can, just because we become a mom doesn't mean that 
because she's our daughter that we're going to lose all of our trust issues with women. That we can carry on that same amount of detachment, the same amount of jealousy and competition. And so exactly like you're saying, I mean, it's really hard. It's really sad to see because as you as a daughter, it's like, why... (laughs) Why does it have to be all that? Like, right. why why can't we just, you know, be mom and daughter? But for your mom, she's she's working her things out through a lot of projection. So hopefully that episode helps some moms who don't like their daughters. I think I'm going to title it Healing for Mothers Who Don't Like Their Daughters or oh, something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. Wow, Sheena, that's good. deep. It gets deep. That is very deep. You know, speaking <clears throat> of the, the whole modeling um, aspect that you mentioned and how the, this ultimately we like see these experiences play out in our relationships. I have a friend, an associate of sorts, who... Um, <laughs> a correction. You know, um, who I noticed that she is very catty. Mm. She, um, I don't want to say catty. She loves a little drama. She okay. loves a little tea, always. Like, girl, let me eat a tea. The gossipy, that, 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 is all of that. And mm. I'm not really a gossip girl unless <laughs> I'm with my like close friends. You know, we dish a little tea, a little warm tea, whatever. But mm. I don't just go talking um, to any and all everybody. Right, spilling just, everybody's yeah. business. Like, girl, you know something. It doesn't like, give that it. for me. I'm not, mm. She's not a gossip girl. But this particular person is any and all tea they want. Mm. And I've noticed. And they have. They have. And I've noticed that in their own relationship um, between their sisters they ha- she has that and I'm mm. like that dynamic must live through the mom and I've heard uh, her on the phone talk about how mm, you know she'll be beefing with the aunts and mm. it's all of that and oh you know they said this and da 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 it's all of that and I'm yeah. like oh I see where it comes from like girl yeah. I really I can just see the roots the roots of the tree yeah mm-hmm. girl yeah. I said girl stay away from me and- and that's what makes it really hard for those of us who want to heal and why I feel compassion for, you know, women who are wanting to heal from all their relationships because people will tell you, people like me will tell you, you know, go out there and mm-hmm. open up and trust people and let people in. But if all the relationships around you that you grew up with are toxic and someone like me is like, you need to trust people and pick better. You're like, bitch, where? Like, right, exactly. I- <laughs> Don't know where it's at. Yeah. Right. Um, but it really is about you kind of looking at what it is that you want. You know, if me living in these relationships where I have to manipulate and I have to betray people, like, is does that actually bring me pleasure? Mm. And if it does, is is that the type of relationship that I want? with my long-term partnerships. Do I want to be in a long-term relationship with someone that I'm manipulating or that manipulates me? And if not, then what is it that you do want? And you have to become that person. And that might mean that you have to leave behind all these other people because they don't play by those rules. Mm -hmm. Nothing may not be easy for them. And it's hard because sometimes you want to bring those people with you. You know, it's like you've seen the light and you're like, y'all, like, it's better over here. Like, if we just communicate and if we talk about our feelings and if we, you know, don't put other people in between our fights and if we just work it out together and they're like, you're what? What are you talking about? Right. And you have to grieve those relationships and move on so that you can have something better. Period. 
And you know, that's why I only keep girls around me who play by the same rules. <laughs> I'm like, hold on. Actually, the rules are written down. You were provided an instruction list. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Don't come around me if you don't follow these rules, baby. Because, honey, I'll categorize you real quick, compartmentalize you, and put you where you belong. Same. You'll be up on the shelf. Girl, never being played Never, with. barely being taken off for a read. I'm like, I can't read you too often because I see your wiring. <laughs> I've turned you around and opened up your back intact. Period. I read them. I see. I see them quick. I said, "Girl, that's how you get down." Yeah, we be quick to pick up a quote. Like, did you notice? Brittany and I, Brittany and I will read it down, honey. Like, girl, you see what she said? You heard that? You see how she moved? Yeah. Once I see how you move, baby, then you you ain't moving with me. That's just yeah. it. We moving solo, and you stand exactly where you are. So. That's great, great tea about these female friendships, honey, because it will they will drag you if yeah. you let them. But we see where it comes from. We see where it comes from, and it comes from the mother. Yeah, it all comes from the first friendship. So, yeah. Sheena, one of the um, I guess signs and effects of the mother wound I mentioned it might be my mother scab, um, are lack of boundaries and this like sense of self trust. I know as a black, honey, black, blackity black woman coming from a black ass mama that <laughs> it, yeah, and father, that it can be so hard to set healthy boundaries with our moms. Right? Yeah. I feel like that's been the ongoing um, kind of push and pull of my personal relationship is like what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Um, and just kind of working through that as it evolves, as we both kind of evolve, our relationship changes. How can we set these healthy boundaries with our moms where, you know, it supports both of us being in a relationship and feeling empowered? Yeah, I think a mistake that a lot of people do when it comes to not only this, but all relationships, but maybe more specifically, more especially mother-daughter relationships because of the dyna dynamics that you just said is that they try to look at, okay, how do I navigate this to make them comfortable? Mm -hmm. And then once I figure out how to communicate all that, then I'll figure out what I want. Mm -hmm. And that's the wrong, wrong way to do it. Because when you set your boundaries in that way by trying to make other people feel okay, you always lose. Like yeah. you're always last. It requires you to abandon yourself to be codependent um, when you do it in that way. And it, it's never fair. The best way I suggest for people to do do it is to think, okay, in my relationship with my mom, what are the values that I want to be true? I want us to have respect. I want uh, to feel listened to. I want there to be laughter. I want there to be X, Y, and Z. And this is what I need to feel safe. I need to know that I'm not going to get talked over. I need to know that someone is going to give me the benefit of the doubt. And if they don't give me the benefit of the doubt that they're not going to throw it in my face later on, that they're not going to belittle me. Mm -hmm. And once you're clear on what makes you feel emotionally safe, that should be consistent in all relationships because sometimes we try to be chameleons and we mm -hmm. go one way with one set of people and one way for another set of people and just drives us crazy. Like we should know what we need. Um, going from there, then we say, okay, with my mama, this is my mama's personality. Mm -hmm. So if I need something, this is the best way for me to say this to her. Um, I know that if I say something to her, she may or may not receive it. So does it mean that I just need to remove myself instead of asking her to apologize or asking her what she thinks? Because I know she's not going to. I think we set us set ourselves up for disappointment when we do the first part that I said. And we're like, OK, this is what I want to be in relationships. So now I just need to go and tell her. 
but your mom's a whole grown woman right with her own experiences with her own beliefs with her own trauma and healing paths she needs to go to and it's unfair for any of us to go and make these demands on people more more is better for us to say these are the standards that i want for the people in my life and if people can't meet those standards then there's different levels of closeness that they get into my inner circle Mm -hmm. the people who refuse completely y'all way over there in the outfield i can't even see you Mm -hmm. and the more that you show that you are trustworthy with the privilege of having access to me and access to my heart the closer you get into my circle but you have to be able to see people exactly for who they are for you to get there Wow, you told it like it is, <laughs> like it's going to be. It's, it's really treated a mom like, I was going to say like someone off the street, but it's really <laughs> like, you know, treating them like someone who should be respecting you just like anybody else. Because I feel like there's a, a thin, a fine line between being a mother and just being flat out disrespectful, you know, where it's yeah. like, okay, you're my mom, but that doesn't mean you just get to be disrespectful now, miss. Yeah. So you, you my miss cuts up like that. She's like, actually, I can be. No, you can't. I know, and that's why I've had to do the subtle, like the gentle checking of sorts. Right. Where I'm like, mom, you cannot talk to me like that. You cannot say everything that you want. My mom is completely unfiltered. She can be totally unhinged <laughs> and just say whatever the hell she wants. And some, not sometimes. No, sometimes the things that she says hurts my feelings and I don't like it. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, Sheena, there's this chameleon aspect where I feel like, okay, I can't, you know, I can't really check my mom about that. She's just going to be my mom. And then the boundaries are a little looser around certain things. Whereas my friends, I would never let my friends say certain things that my mom says. And, you know, we actually had a had a coming of heads of sorts. (laughs) It it, it came to a head. And I was just like, you know, well, what she mentioned now, y'all in my business was um, you know, I'm not your friend. I don't want. I don't want to be no, treated like your friend. Say, I'm not one of your little friends. I'm but like, you want to be my friend sometimes. But you actually are my friend, and right. that's what I told her. No, you. We are friends. You're more my friend now than you are a. Then I need you to mother me. I don't need you to mother me in the way that you once raised me and mothered me. I don't need that. I need you to be, yeah, my homie. You know, when I'm calling you now for guidance, for wisdom, it's woman to woman. You know, that no, dead ass serious. You know, that's what I need you for. We're choosing this relationship and we get to choose the way it it it, it blossoms. And the way you may have been, the way you have at one point ruled with an iron fist, that, that fist no longer exists in my world because mm-hmm. I pay my bills. I'm responsible for myself. I'm my own woman. So you got to take that fist over into your world. Right. That's yeah. the only way. That's the only that's the only way place it exists, baby, right. is in your world. Not in mine. It don't work. Not in mine. I had to tell her. I said, girl, woman to woman, let me talk to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It gave Barbie this or Shirley. Barbara this or Shirley. <laughs> Barbara. I called her up. Well, <laughs> luck. I mean, in. That's, it panned out well, though. That's what I will say. And I will say that's good when you can when there's space for you to have those conversations, and it pans out well. But Sheena, what about the the girls who um, have to cope with the realization that the relationship that they want with their mothers will never exist for whatever reason? Maybe their the strain is just too too, too big. Yeah. yeah, it's just too deep and. You know, too much to it's repair. just too much to bear. How can someone cope with that, accepting that? Yeah, well, you you have to grieve it. So, I think, I think for those of us who have narcissistic mothers, 
um, or mothers who maybe not are not narcissistic but have narcissistic traits because of the trauma they've been through, we can really, 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 really want there to be reconciliation and we can be really, really open to doing whatever it takes. But if someone's not ready, because like I said before, that means that they have to go to that trauma. I think it's looking at having empathy for that Mm -hmm. and um, but then grieving that relationship. So it's possible and sometimes it's necessary to grieve relationships with people who are still living Mm -hmm. um, to because you miss them. They're present, but they're still not available. So to be honest with yourself about that sadness um, for you to journal about it, talk to your therapist about it. Don't push it down because when you push it down, that stuff comes out sideways. It, it, it doesn't go away because those are real emotions. Um, and every daughter wants to have a relationship with her mother if she can. And if she can, it's because circumstances have made it so. Right. Um, so there's that. I think in addition to that is really clinging to your community and building that chosen family. And so chosen family is not just the people that we have fun with. I think for many of us, you know, something I haven't talked in detail about because we're talking specifically about trauma is that love avoidance and like the Mm. trust issues that come up uh, when you feel like you can't really trust even the closest relationships. And so many of us get skilled at keeping people around, but only letting them in so far. Mm. And when you are feeling really alone and out there, What you don't want is to have a whole life where you feel like you're always alone and out there because that gets old and that um, just reinforces that you can't trust other people or that there's something wrong with you or that life isn't, you know, whatever stories that we make up about that. So um, I would encourage people to either get closer with the people who are already in your life and start initiating talking about yourself, um, calling them just because, telling them when you're having a bad day, telling them asking for help when you don't have all the answers and letting them in. And if you don't have those people to start that journey, to start that journey of finding those people yeah. and even being honest, um, especially if you find someone who's like a motherly mentor, even, and just saying, you know, I really need to be connected to someone cause this is a, a, a pain or a, a gap that it's missing. And I think women who have that, mother energy and that mother gift those are the exact ones that'll be like oh baby of course right (laughs) the lay in my bosom right (laughs) (laughs) got your hand facing your stepmama bosom baby because she loved you she loved you no that that's great advice it's hard to do especially the the grieving part because you know it's just hard it's just really hard and challenging and it's painful but it's necessary work and it's the self-awareness that's going to help us move towards our healing but Sheena, you touched on narcissistic mothers, and we can't glass over that. We can't can't just graze past that, honey, because that is a concept that many of the girls likely have not heard about. Um, Can you explain what that means to have a narcissistic mom or like what that experience or, you know, what that shows up like the signs? Yeah, it's funny because I think lots of people have narcissistic parents, Mm. but uh, we we have self-gaslighted ourselves into mm. trying to say, well, maybe <laughs> maybe my mama just be tripping sometimes. Mm-hmm. But um, And that's that spectrum I was trying to ask you about. I'm like, exactly <laughs> where does she lie on the, the is she a wound or a we scab? We're going to start calling our mom, you know what, you're a narcissist. <laughs> I'm like, are you giving wound or scab, mom? Is it yeah. giving narcissistic ways or personality? 
Yeah. Well, that you, you clued into one thing that's really important. So when someone is a narcissist, it's a personality disorder. So mm-hmm. they're like this all of the time. It's not just they're having a bad day or they're going through it, uh, that it really impacts their functioning and how they show up in the world. And a lot of narcissists, it's not that they are, you know, going out there robbing banks. Um, a lot the of bank robbers. <laughs> a lot of narcissists are very high functioning, but it, 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 um, what do you call it? It destroys the relationships because of what narcissism, narcissism looks like. So mm. it looks like them needing the conversation always being about them. Mm. So they give you love when you make them look good, mm. um, or when, um, when it is convenient for them. Um, they can be very um, immature, and very manipulative. They can take ownership of your achievements um, mm-hmm. and make it about them. They can be very competitive and jealous with you. They can make you feel bad for not catering to them mm-hmm. and not being codependent to them and not giving up your, your romantic relationships, not giving up your friendships, not giving up your ambitions because, well, what about them? You know, I've given so much to you. Mm-hmm. It's like you're abandoning me. I guess I'll just go and just live in a corner by myself. There's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of shaming that happens with that. And they can be absent in some ways and hold their presence as a prize. So when you do what I want, then I'll show up. Then I'll give you what you want. But when you don't, I'm going to make it. You're going to know very much that I am um, not happy with you. And again, just the there could be, be a lot of criticism and a lot of insults that make you feel very small. A lot of the women that I work with um, have felt body shamed by narcissistic mothers. And so, you know, talking about their size and shape, talking about their skin color, talking about how put together they look and making those as qualifiers for love as well. Mm-hmm. People are probably like, let me let my mama know she nars- a narcissist. It's giving big <laughs> narc energy. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. yeah, the but, narcissist mother thing, that that's crazy. <laughs> the, yeah, if, I mean, ugh. what were you saying, Sheena? Just real quick, if you feel as if someone in your life, romantic mother or otherwise, is a narcissist, the thing that I tell people not to do is to do not confront them and mm. tell them you're a narcissist because okay. they don't care. Right. And because they're narcissistic. And if anything, they're going to use that against you. They will pick up a book on narcissism and they will start projecting and blame shifting. And every single thing that they do, they're going to start saying, well, Germany, you know, this is what I'm talking about. I tried to talk to you about my emotions and you're making it about you. Oh, hell and <laughs> you're like, uh-uh. how did I get here? You know? Oh, see, and this is why she is you the hate best. hate a mind game. Right. Sheena, you always stay equipping the girls with the tools. She does. Okay, nothing get past you with a Sheena right. on your team. It's like, hold on, you thought she was getting past me, baby girl. I already know the rules to the game. Right, right. Got it from the Sheena table of comments. <laughs> Back up off of me. Okay, so we... um. We've covered a lot, but as you were talking and we're talking about like how mother wounds affect us daughters, I, I couldn't let it pass me that they may affect sons too. And as women who date men, the girls out here who date the men, mm-hmm. can men experience the mother wound too? Like how does it show up for them if possible? I feel like the majority of the incel behavior we're seeing right now, Ooh. not coming from men who have been brokenhearted by women, 
I make up that it starts with the relationship with the first woman in their life. And from there, they are attracted to women who continue that trauma. And it just creates this whole narrative of pain. And so, yes to that. And then also, you know, even outside of men who hate women, um, but cover it up as if, well, I love women, just not these type of women or whatever it is that they say. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, we're all humans desire and need to be attached to their mother. And so if your mother is abusive, critical, shaming in any way, one thing, one type of trauma that I did not talk about that's really, really important that I think happens more so probably in male with male children is emotional enmeshment. So when the the child is asked and required to hold all the emotional space for the parent. So the parent confides in the child about how she's feeling, mm-hmm. about what she needs, about fights she's having with her partner, about there being mother issues. Um, just take care, you know, mama's having a bad day. Can you just get, make me feel better or tell me a joke? Or mama loves it when you sit next to her. And so as a child, you really do. We talked about feeling as if you're a parent, but legitimately, like you're feeling as if you are a co-partner in the family, that you are parentified, not only as being the oldest sibling and having all these really big responsibilities, but because if you're not showing up, then mom doesn't have it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because, you know, little boys are asked to be little men. And so they don't have the space to explore, to make mistakes, to to say no, because when I say no, the family crumbles. When I say no, my mama cries. And that emotional distress is real. And so that creates a whole lot of avoidance in men who never had the space to feel their emotions, to have their own identity, because, and now they feel as if to be committed to a person, committed to a woman is overwhelming. Well, of course, because your first relationship with the woman and probably the way it still is now is highly enmeshed and you don't have any space to, to have your own without feeling as if you're hurting someone or guilting her because you've been in the men, the men of the house since you were three. No, not since she, you were three. It's no. like, hold on, why I'm the little big man. <laughs> the big little man, mother, because you, I'm not your nigga. <laughs> the man, man. And that's why we got to stop calling these little black boys man, man. man. Stop, Jeremy. Let, <laughs> let them be, let kids be let kids. Let them be boys. Please. No more man, kids. mans. Bring no back. more man, mans. I don't want to hear another man, man. I knew the mother hoes. I knew the mother wounds had a chokehold on some of our men, too. As soon as when you first given the first example, I said, somebody get Kevin Samuels on the phone. Now I got to see if he got a, if he got a relationship with his mama because it gives big mother wounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's the enmeshment. You know, of course, there's the emotional ne- neglect and um, the abuse. And again, sexual abuse, again, that we don't talk enough about. But all of that heaviness is so is so chaotic and toxic to a person to just a normal person i mean think about the stress that all of us go through Mm -hmm. and then imagine having to hold that when you're six Mm -hmm. and having that be your whole lifestyle that's too much and it goes deep it goes into your nervous system it's hard for you to relax it's hard for you to trust and so what I make up about any person, I'm not going to say any name, but if, <laughs> if they, what, here's, here's what I've told one of my students in like a, a coaching call one time is we were talking about red flags and relationships and uh, I was talking about uh, their relationship with their mom. 
And they were saying, yeah, so I want to ask if they're close to their mom. And I was like, okay, that's good. But she also needed to listen to how they talk about their mama. Mm-hmm. So they're like, ain't nobody ever going to replace my mama. And, you know, my mom is my number one. And, like, they get really emotional and very defensive about it. There is most likely a trauma bond there because mm-hmm. he has been asked to show up in some ways that were not fair to him. And you may be in the middle of a relationship with his mama because he doesn't have enough um, differentiation is the word he doesn't have his own um, identity and individuality outside of her oh shit baby keep keep your head on the swivel listen i've dealt with a nigga with a mother wound and i said (laughs) never again i knew it wasn't for me i knew it was not for me because it just felt like too much for me to bear how did his show up I feel, Sheena, when you mentioned them attracting women who are similar to their moms or maybe had they have the same experience with their moms, that that's what really like went off for me. I was like, oop, because he has abandonment issues. His mom left him. Mm. And I, being the busy girl that I am, the career woman that I am, am always on the go. You were leaving him time after time. I was leaving him time after time. Exactly. And then he's looking at me like, but I want to connect. I want to stay home. We got to build. And when I'm like, boy, I'm shutting the door saying, I'll talk to you later. We'll connect (laughs) tomorrow. We'll connect later. It's giving, okay, I'm bringing up all of these feelings for him. Right. Being the woman in his life that his mom probably, you know, that, that lack of relationship probably brought up and that's when i said uh-uh i be having to ask like what's the what's what's up with you and your mama Dad, i want right. to know because honestly i cannot nurture you it's honest i know that parental wounds parental wounds rather it be a woman with her father a woman with her mom a son with his dad or a son with his mom they exist i'm not saying that people are perfect or that they're going to show up perfectly i'm just saying what i know might be too much to bear for me personally Mm -hmm. and i feel like a lot of times when the mother wound shows up it's a level of nurturing that maybe i cannot provide and that i'm not comfortable with and that i might be met with that you're going to need me to nurture you in a way that i probably can't right and it's going to stress me out so i gotta choose i gotta put me first yeah I'm clear to first. communicate I can nurture as a GF I can nurture as a romantic partner honey right when but... I put this thing on you know you care for okay I can't yeah. do nothing else you for know you. what <laughs> you <laughs> are crazy as hell <laughs> I ain't gonna love you like your, your mom sexual can. nurture I cannot love you like your mother can and she can't love you the way I can right cue the jacket right. that's it she can't love you like I love that's you that's it that's it Mm-mm. can I give another example that's just like yours Sheena of course it? you can okay <laughs> um another hack that goes in line with your example of looking to see what the relationship is like with their mom so with that ex-boyfriend he has his abandonment issues so he's attracted to a woman who's super busy mm-hmm. right and trying to get you to abandon your stuff to be available for him and you're right no matter what you did it wouldn't have been enough if you moved and lived under his bed it wouldn't have been enough because there was something deeper with him um i had to look at there was an ex (laughs) there was an ex partner that i had Mm. and when i got to meet his mom and when he talked about his mom he would like do all of the like you know i love my mama kind of thing but then when I would see them together, she was very critical of him. Mm-hmm. And she was like not very supportive of him. And he would just kind of like blow it off. And he would also talk about his relationship with other women um, in his family and how dominating they were. And so basically, um, just to p- say it straight, he was in a very emasculated place mm-hmm. with the women in his life. Like they were all used to be in control. And I had to look at him and be like, 
so because I'm a therapist, right? So I know right. what the deal is. So I'm like, are you attracted to me because I remind you of your mom? Period. And he's like, no, no, you're completely different. And I'm like, you don't think that I am controlling at all, and I don't like having like have any of these things. And he's like, no. And of course, he's unaware. But I was like, all right, this is this is work for me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you find and I think this is like kind of all the rage right now um, as people are talking about feminine energy and masculine energy. So it, it's in line with those themes right now. But if you find that you continue to be in relationships with men who are lazy or men who aren't really big leaders, uh, you might need to look at, is there a part of you that feels like you need to dominate and be in control mm-hmm. because there can only be one alpha. Mm-hmm. And if you, and if you want it, then you got it. But what comes along with that is a lot of um, passivity. Mm. And um, a lot of, a lot of times men who are passive like that is because their strength has been beat out of them, uh, either figurative, figuratively or literally by the women in their life. And you are kind of stepping into that role. And so you can't come in being the boss and then getting mad later on if they don't want to be the boss period because that's how you started the relationship because he didn't gave you the pants and now he was swimming around as the beta fish that's what happens if she's the alpha i'm the beta fish well damn mm-hmm. I, you always find a way to turn it back around to the mirror look at yourself <laughs> what are you do how are you carrying along queen yeah Gina you know what like Brady said we we talked about so much in in preparation for this episode and just, um, you know, think, listening to things about mother wounds and so on and so forth. I had heard that healing the mother wound really has nothing to do with the mom. Mm. It has everything to do with, you know, you yourself and just kind of like you mentioned earlier, grieving and going through your own self-awareness process. So to kind of wrap it up and put a bow on it, how would you or how can we heal from a mother wound if you just had to give advice to all the girls and maybe the niggas out there listening? Right. What would you say that, you know, we can do? What are the steps? That's a great question. And the answer, you're absolutely right. Uh, the the freedom is not in whether or not you do get that conversation with mom where she takes, it, takes ownership of everything or even if y'all become best friends because the wounds are still there. There's mm-hmm. still work that you have to do. So what's for you is to do the process of reparenting that inner little girl Mm -hmm. and learning to give her everything that she didn't get before. And so what that looks like for you as an adult woman is noticing at the times that you were critical. A lot of us, we we adopt the voices from our past, even when we think we're doing better, those again, were still the only templates that we had. So if we had a parent or caregiver that was super critical, then it can be very easy for us to motivate ourselves by just keep going. Like, what are you doing? Like you wasting time and, and very harsh. Mm-hmm. And so you have to learn how to be kind to yourself. You have to learn how to motivate yourself via love and to understand that that's how it should have always been, um, that you're not coddling, that you're not being weak, but that it's easier for you to move forward in life and it's easier for you to feel whole when it's coming from a place of genuine um, care. And so reparenting yourself, it means holding space for you to feel all of your emotions during good days and bad days, um, allowing yourself to be confused, allowing yourself to be stuck, allowing yourself to be excited and just having all access to all those emotions and 
learning how to be your best friend. I think those are things that people talk about all the time, but living it out practically, it will be a process mm-hmm. and not expecting you to get it within 30 days because you listen to a podcast episode and you down- downloaded eight audiobooks on it. Right. But knowing that you spent your whole life doing this and you're going to have to spend some time actively seeing what fits for you and what works and what's real. Period. Give yourself some grace, love, beloveds. It's hard work that we're doing. It is. It's hard work that we're doing. Sheena, girlfriend. Every time you come on this show, it's a treat. It really is. It's a treat. It's just supreme, deluxe treat. Yes, we get to go deeper and have these amazing conversations from um, just a really digestible way, like a digestible, you know, aspect way. It's just so easy to talk to you. And, um, you know, we thank you for being here for our community. We thank you for the work that you're doing with Black Girls Heal and just creating space for all of the black girls and women everywhere. You just do what you do so um, beautifully. Yes, you are. You always get your flowers from us. Yeah. Happy Mother's (laughs) Day in advance. Happy Mother's Day in advance for mothering us and the girls. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me, y'all. Yes, Sheena, let our, our girls know where they can find you, what you have going on. Yeah, so y'all can follow me on social media, uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok now. Yes. Uh, at Black Girls Heal. And our website is blackgirlsheal.org. We have our main coaching program, which is the way that I help women through our six-month intensive. And we have smaller programs related to self-worth and through healing love addiction and love and love of deprivation and all the different things that we talked about today if you just want to make a small step in breaking those cycles so we'll love to help y'all there beautiful it sounds like we need to walk i mean run not walk (laughs) over to that website into those platforms and get your dose of what you need thank you again so much sheena we appreciate you beyond words yes sheena you are loved Thank you.